No, I'm not Kevin. What's the li- line? Hi, I'm Jack. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it. The girl can't help it. Can't help it. The girl can't help it. Yep, we're live. <laughs> the pollen <laughs> is heavy. Yeah. My car has got that. It it looks like you a have different a, even color. Even your green car is greener. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, stop the 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 Volkswagen's getting all of its little uh, scraps and scratches. Jack and drives a VW, the re- reimagined the, VW from what year is it? It's a 2007 Volkswagen Beetle convertible, and I really do like it. It's yeah, a pretty green with a tan interior. And tan you drive top. it like a terror. Well, that's what it's intended for. And um, as with Vol- the problems that I'm having with my Volkswagen are the same problems everybody has with a Volkswagen. Yeah, and the interior panels. Uh, that are, you, you know, like the I, I don't know how if I would say yeah. it's leather, but it's not leather. Yeah. It's, but the panels on the insides of the doors and stuff, the little clips are really poorly made and they yeah. pop. And then the pla- over the years, the heat's made the plastic. So basically, I have these big sticky, <laughs> spongy, gross things on the doors. I, so I stopped by today to have the uh, put the, the deposit on. The, the I the had deposit. a Volkswagen Passat, and the the motor ran great, but the electronics were Volkswagens shit. Volkswagens are notorious for their electronics. It was yeah, really the, bad. Gremlins, lots it, and lots and oh, lots. The, of the, the, the fuel tank didn't work. The gas didn't work. Didn't tell you. Lots of gremlins. You fill it up, and it was halfway. The um, the radio would just drop out of the speaker. It was, it was, yeah. Would not I took, it. Uh, I took the Volkswagen to a place I wanted to uh, have a power port put in mm-hmm. for, you know, USB port or whatever it's called. And the guy was like, "Okay, yeah, sure, I can help you. What kind of car? Volkswagen? Oh no, I don't work on Volkswagens. <laughs> he point blank would not work on a Volkswagen. That's, I'm like, great, yeah. So at any rate, the Volkswagen will be looking uh, fine and dandy nice here. And so I'll get the doors fixed, and then I already bought the new floor mats. And uh, after that's done, just a really nice detailing. Yeah, I think I want to get my car detailed too, my Hyundai. <laughs> well, you're you've when I when you have washed it and cleaned it properly, it looked really good. Yeah, yeah, it does. Not that it doesn't look good all it the looks time, fine. It's but fine. I don't believe in being inattentive about keeping a car clean. Well, you we can't. Be, be. You can be a little more. <laughs> Well, I yes, my cars are filthy. I agree with that because I have a dog. And do you have any more symptoms left over from COVID? I still have a bit of a cough. Well, the the funny thing about that is, is we were talking about pollen. That's what started mm. this. It's hard to tell. If it's this pollen is now my time of year when I catch the glorcus. Yeah. So uh, this is when the heavy pollen is at the start of spring, and I have unfortunately got the COVID. But I wasn't really that sick. It wasn't that bad. It was it really just wasn't. lots of hacking and coughing. I and felt. I felt lousy for a couple days and then i just felt poorly yeah. but it was never i've had regular food. poorly not, you feel yeah. poorly i feel right poorly you got me jabs poorly. i got me jabs so it was remember the jabbing <laughs> jabs, yeah. get your jab we'll be jabbing yeah, at yeah, hospitals yeah. jabbing at university i think uh the last time i checked at the pharmacy at the pharmacy i think i'm up to date on all of the you are what I'm you call it i gotta get it what all the what what you call it and, and uh, you're up to date on shingles as well i know and then they're like have you had your you're how old are you well have you had your what so uh, you, one of the good things about going to a, a pharmacist who knows me is like, oh, you need to get a shot for that. You need to get a shot for that. So I think I'm current on my shots. Good. Good. My Excellent. tummy's grumbling. Did you hear it? Wait, what? My tummy just grumbled really oh. loud. Well, I hope it came hungry? across. I hope it came across on the radio. 
<laughs> That's funny. Well, uh, we are revisiting a series that you really like. You like the narrator, and you liked it. It's City Confidential. Yes, they have the best narration voices. This uh, one was the guy from uh, uh, Something About Mary. Yeah. Oh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Oh, I thought you knew him by... No, Paul Whitfield was the other one. This Wasn't is that the, Paul? No. Are this you was sure? the other one. This was the other one. Oh, okay. And yeah, so they yeah, the, so the, this sultry, silky, sultry's not the right word. S- uh, 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 silky voice. Well, silky, he's got a real very silky. nice smooth. Uh, the heat of the summer knocks. And I'm just like, oh my God, he's great for this. This is perfect. Yeah, this is um, Knoxville, Tennessee, the Phantom Hitman. Knox- and this is, wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, the, and it was season 10, City episode Confidential. Eight. Season ten, episode eight. Episode eight. Yeah, so it's so fucking ridiculous. This is one. Of oh the my god, it's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> okay, okay. Before you get started, Kevin. Yeah. People, good company in the car. Anybody who's listening to this for the first time, and all the ships at sea, and all the ships at sea, Matahari. If you are in a relationship and it's going to shit. Mm-hmm. Take the hit. And leave. Take the lead. I'm going to lose a million. You know what? You'll be free. Yeah. You'll be free. Yeah. Now, Just this, take the hit and now leave. We're kind of foreshadowing here. <laughs> no, no, no. But no, this is this is a this is a. a I think this is life. a nice blanket <laughs> statement for all of the ones that we do. I, yeah. These people, they, they they think they're smart enough to outsmart. All the people who do this shit, they're not. You're not going to get away with it. And if anything goes wrong, you're going to get caught. You get caught. They always get caught. So shall we? Okay. So it starts with really beautiful shots of Knoxville, Tennessee. This was there. This was really. Are there beautiful shots? Knoxville Knoxville. looks great. I would go to Knoxville in a heart. It's supposed to be very nice. Yeah. They had the, okay. Um, what did they have? The International Fair there or whatever? The Knoxville World World, World Fair. Fair was and in the eighties. It was and was a big deal. And that Golden Globe. Yeah, was it's the still thing. there. It's, it's all left. Still yeah. there. So it is June seventh. It's the summer of nineteen ninety four. It's bucolic Knoxville. I was living here. And we see Rob Wedby. He's heading to work at the Family Insurance. <laughs> and he looks and ben- every bit. <laughs> The insurance agent. He does. And it's the Webby Insurance Agency. So his wife, Lisa, has taken their two youngest children to Rob's parents for the weekend. And Rob, when he gets home that night, Lisa has made him dinner. And after dinner, he retired to the living room to do some paperwork. And then after a little while, Lisa came in and said, Rob, are you going to work all night or are you coming to bed? And, well, Rob being a married man, he says this. Lisa came in in her nightgown and she said, are you going to work all night or are you going to come to bed? So, you know. Being a married guy, I knew what that meant, so I said, I don't think I'm working anymore tonight. So they go up, they get down, Rob falls asleep. <laughs> get up, go get that. <laughs> it's really funny to me because this this Rob fella, he is the... He's super nice. He's not the hero. What yeah, is he? he's kind of the, he's the, the hero. Well, he's the... Yeah, he's the hero. The victim, he's the hero. the hero. Okay. It's really funny because the level of absurdity in this story and he is like yep this is what's going down like it's you he kind of rolls his eyes and he's making fun of himself and yeah, he just it, it is kind of funny it's kind of dark but it's also kind of lighthearted so at one what point around midnight rob wakes up and he smells menthol cigarettes and he kind of he's like i'm not sure if i'm dream, dreaming or well, cuz nobody in the house smokes i couldn't really ever understand why that smell was in the house because nobody in the house smoked 
And uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I couldn't really tell you whether I was asleep or half awake. So a little while later, he's awakened by a masked intruder who is wearing pantyhose over his head. He's got on rubber gloves and a Phantom of the Opera t-shirt. A what? A Phantom of the Opera (laughs) t-shirt, which I think is kind of funny because it relates back to who our perpetrator (laughs) is. So he starts to attack Rob with this knife. And Rob is able to deflect the first few blows, and then he grabs the intruder and pulls him down off the bed with him, and then he realizes his loving wife, Lisa, is nowhere to be seen. But then she appears in the doorway as they're struggling, and she's holding an aluminum bat. And Rob's like, oh good, this is great, she's going to help me out. Oh my. Here's Rob again. And I start yelling at her. There's some guy in here with a knife, he's trying to kill me. At that point, she just came a little closer to the bed and sort of raise the bat up a little bit more. And I'm thinking, oh man, you've got it made. So surprisingly, the intruder is now telling Lisa what to do. He's telling her, well, (laughs) more Rob. So Rob, I have to assume, fairly easily gets the baseball bat away from Lisa. He takes off down the hallway, downstairs, and he goes out to the garage with the intruder. I want you to pause. Pause, 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 pause. Now, now, did you hear that? The intruder's after him, and he takes a baseball bat and runs away mm-hmm. from his wife in the room with the intruder. Right, and he has the baseball bat. <laughs> so the, the guy follows him down, and he gets in the garage, and he turns around, and the guy, and Rob raises the baseball bat. So then the intruder is like, huh, I think you win. So he shuts the door and locks it, and then, well, here's Rob again. And I went straight out into the garage and turned around, and he was right on me. I raised the bat up at him, and he looked at me for a second with a knife in his hand. And I guess he decided that a baseball bat wins with a knife. And uh, he went back into the kitchen, shut the door, and locked it. I was barefooted in my underwear, and I was trying to kick that door in to go after him. And I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it. uh, I hurt my foot. So uh, at that point, I thought, well... Better get the police up here. So he's trying to kick him. Oh, my God. The way Rob rolls his eyes when he said, I kind of hurt my foot, is really funny. And so then he's now locked out of the house, and the the narrator says, since he didn't have a cell phone in his underwear, because he's just in his underwear. in his underwear. And it's 1994. I don't think people had cell phones in 1994. Not really. No, no. Anyway, so Rob does something smart. He starts banging on the downspout of the gutters. So this is an aluminum bat. Aluminum bat. Banging on the the gutters of the house. Now think about that. It's the middle of the night. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I would hear that. It, it was smart. So his neighbor hears him and calls the cops and comes over. This is neighbor Bill Shin, who we learn is also a parishioner at Trinity United Methodist Church. I got down there with Rob, and I said, you know, are you all right? You know, and, and he said, I know who it was. And I said, you know who it was? And he said, yeah, it was Michael Frazier. I mean, it just blanked me out. I'm going... The, the, the accompanist from church? Oh, it cracks me up how Bill is amazed that it's Michael Frazier. He's like, Michael Frazier, the Who? soloist, the accompanist, the at, the accompanist at the church? They're all, every, the, throughout this episode, everybody just talks shit about him. They're like, they can't believe this but mousy little guy. That's what I'm guy. saying. So of all, the, of, all the, the podcast, of all the things we've recorded and all the murder shows we've watched, nobody actually got killed in the show, no. which is the fabulous part. <laughs> nobody actually got killed. But so, the... But the 
but the, they're the, laughing to each other. The, they like, are. <laughs> it's the cast of characters. It's 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 like it's like a bad. It's it, it, it's 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 goofy. It's, it's a goofy. It's unbelievable. And and Bill's amazed. It's Michael Fraser. He's this introverted, nerdy guy at the church that Lisa has been spending a lot of time with. And here's John North. He's a journalist in Knoxville. Michael is an unassuming man. He he gives you the appearance of being sort of a meek person. He was pretty much introverted. So we learned that. Michael Frazier was the resident chain smoker. <laughs> I chain smoked menthol cigarettes. I remember he would run outside and smoke a lot, you know, between, you know, services. Michael was a huge smoker. He was smoking all the time. Michael always had that mentholated cigarette smell to him. Now here's more Rob and John. <laughs> I hate to say somebody was small and scrawny, but he did not appear as a physical specimen. I just really didn't think there was any way that she'd be having an affair with with, with Mr. Fraser. Neither of these two can believe that Lisa, who is attractive, is hooking up with this guy. But the reason so, that she was doing it was because she knew he would do... Well, we learn about what, that later. But, but that's, but yeah, that's yeah, why it's getting fun. a little ahead of ourselves. Okay. So okay. when Rob gets back to the house, the cops have come, he gets back to the house, Lisa is playing the role of the distraught wife, and Rob is having none of it. She's oh, trying to pretend oh. like she wasn't in yeah. on it, and she's asking Rob, are you okay? She's trying to act like she didn't know what was going on. He says, oh, Rob, man, you're cut. I said, yes, I'm cut, Lisa. And I said, go get over there. <laughs> you know? So when questioned by the cops, Lisa admits to the affair, but nothing else. They take her downtown. Yes, I was having an affair with him, but we weren't nothing beyond that. And we see his mugshot, Michael Frazier. He kind of looks like a less attractive version of Tim Curry. Ooh, oh, wow, that's really accurate. I'm on the nose with that one, right? With, the, with super permed curly hair. Yeah, yeah. Like Richard looks, Simmons permed curly yeah, hair. Yeah, like Tim Curry's ugly younger oh, brother from Oh, that's really Knoxville. funny. Uh, in all of this, Frazier has slipped away. They don't, don't know where he is, so they just stake out his apartment in East Knoxville, and six hours later, he shows up, and they arrest him on his doorstep. So Frazier admits that he was the knife man, and that Lisa had let him into the home earlier that day, and he was hiding in a closet in the basement, smoking. <laughs> so now we so, get... So, so <laughs> he's hiding. I don't care how... This is not For a humongous house. This is not a humongous house. No. This is like your standard split, look like a split level, probably three or four bedrooms. Yeah. It's not a small... It's not a giant house, but it's, it's a not nice a house, though. But all I can imagine is how could you not smell that yeah and 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 you know he's in there hiding in the closet for seven hours chain, chain smoking, smoking in menthol there. cigarettes now we get a bunch of people talking shit about this plot that evening lisa wedby opened the door so that uh, mr frazier could slip into the house and hide in a closet in the uh, basement of the house and that once he went to sleep mr frazier was to come up and kill him in retrospect if you look back at this plot it seems completely silly Michael was a smoker, and Rob Woodweed smelled his cigarette smoke. So here's Sheriff Tim Hutchison. He's telling us what those two are being charged with and that they kind of threw the book at them. We charged Mrs. Wedby with a conspiracy to commit murder and attempted murder. We charged Mr. Frazier with attempted murder. We now learn that Frazier has hired Sweetface, also name. known as Greg Isaacs. A lawyer. Possibly his name the best is called defense Sweetface. attorney in all of Tennessee. And he's using an argument, that we learned, that would only fly in the Bible Belt. This is the take we get. Frazier takes the stand and tells the jury through tears that he was doing whatever it took to be with Lisa because he loved her and he wanted to protect her from Rob. I was going to do whatever I had to do to protect Lisa. What did you plan on doing with the knife? 
I planned on protecting Lisa. However, I had to. Protecting Lisa? Yes. But Mr. Wedby was asleep. So now this is Sweetface's argument. According to Frazier, as he approached Rob in the bed, he literally saw a light shining through the window and he had an epiphany. And at that point, he decided, no, I can't do this and I have to leave. And according to Isaacs, he bumped into the bed and woke Michael up, woke Rob up, and then he had to run for his life because Rob came after him with the bat. So he was actually the victim. So anyway, here's Sweetface describing it. Here's this quiet, mild-mannered, unassuming man dressed in the Phantom of the Opera shirt, creeping up the stairs, knife in hand, and he goes into the bedroom, and there's a light shining in in the distance. And then in almost a religious metaphor, Michael Frazier looks at the jury and says, when I saw the light, the light let me see him, and I knew I couldn't do it. And then, like uh, one of the Stooges, he bumps the bed as he's turning to leave. Religious metaphor, my ass, sweet face. <laughs> All of that, none. But the, I, they, they, this kind of worked. Frazier, of course, is claiming he felt the one, he was the one in danger. He fled the home into the woods, and here's some more nonsense from Sweetface. The would-be uh, killer uh, is now afraid, scared, uh, and goes out back and hides uh, in the woods. Hardly the actions uh, of someone that's serious about harming an individual. So they're guilty, but they convict Frazier of, of the more obscure count of attempted voluntary manslaughter. So here's Ted. Attempted manslaughter? What does that mean? I think by the nature of manslaughter, there's no premeditation involved in that. What about the gloves? What about the stocking mask? What about the seven hours in my basement? I'm with you. I think he should have gotten first degree. But anyway, now we hear from Richard Baumgartner. He was the judge presiding over the trial, and he thought Frazier should have gotten first attempted first degree murder too. And he told the jury after they gave him that lesser charge that he's done. They've done all the favors they can for Frazier, and the judge sentences him to the maximum of four years. I thought he was guilty of attempted first degree murder. And I said during the sentencing phase of the trial that the jury had done him all the favors he was going to have done in this case. And, uh, of course, sentenced him to the max I could give him, which was four years. Unbelievable. I'm with you, Ted, though. All of that was premeditated. The mask. 100%. Premeditated. So now Lisa enters our old pal, the Alfred plea. So she's like, you've got an, and they said they had a mountain of evidence. They showed rolling, file I am cabinets. rolling my eyes and shaking my head uh, because evidence. of the level of absurdity. Mm-hmm. In the, and she is in court in the pictures. She looks every bit the middle, upper working middle class, blonde hair tied back with a little bow and her little color yeah. coordinated bows yep. and dresses. And, and then when they arrest her and they take her back, she takes off her earrings and her wedding band and gives them to the man. And she's fucking now, which oh my yeah. god! Yeah, he ends. Up, that's we we looked it up later. That's who she marries. Oh. Lisa pleads guilty to the Alfred plea. She gets one year, and that was uh, she was what was it? She was an accomplice to uh, the, the attempted manslaughter thing, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like, mo- everybody's galled. Anyway, I don't understand how she only got a year. So here's the sheriff again. It's way too light for someone that that solicited someone to come in and murder her husband and was a part of it, was there being a part of it, holding a ball bat. And uh, yeah, one year. 
She certainly should have more than that. And here is Ted's mom. She tried to take a life. She ruined the life of her child, her whole family. If Lisa had got the sentence she should have had, she would not be free today. Ted's mom does not have... Ted's mom, uh, Ted's she, mom looks like a little bit of a Karen, but that's, I'm not trying to be mean to Ted's she mom. Bought, she hates she, Lisa. She hates Lisa. You know she yeah, never yeah, liked Lisa. No, she never liked Lisa. She, she never, never, liked, she never liked, Lisa. liked Lisa. On the wedding day, she's like, that's not going <laughs> 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 So, of course, this was 1994, and Lisa has been out of prison forever. She's gotten remarried, but not to Frazier, and now they're thinking that she was just using Frazier. So here's Paul Jones. He's the director of the choir, and he's here to talk some more shit oh about Frazier. Oh, God, yes. I think Lisa's very capable of talking somebody into doing what she wants to have done, that this was just not Michael's doing. No way he could do this on his own. He was a weenie. <laughs> he was a weenie. It is so horrible. We now hear from Rob's mom, and we learn what the actual motive was in this case. Rob bought a $1.5 million insurance policy. Lisa was the beneficiary on his policy. So she decided that, uh, you know, she would cook up some way to kill me and collect my life insurance. She would have gotten $1.5 million. And did she somehow think that the guy she's having the affair with after she kills Ted... That she's going to be like, yeah, about that whole thing. I, we're not hooking up anymore. He's not going to be like... Well, I always go back to this, and I know it doesn't make sense to anybody but me. But she... The $1.5 million. Yes, that's a shit ton of money. I'm not saying that's not a lot yeah. of money. But she is not leaving... Lit, lit, she is not leading a poor life. No, she had a nice life. She had a nice... She yeah. was insurance agent, uh, husband. She worked in the insurance office as well yeah and uh no no, no. she was greedy selfish narcissistic just, i'm like she, she was, had everything she needed she just, in life yep she wanted to get rid of ted and get the 1.5 million out of this other guy believable uh so this was filmed in 2004 a decade after the crime and we learned that rob's been a single parent for that whole decade he got the children and uh well we hear one last bit from rob ted Ted. It's Ted. I was saying Ted and Rob. I it's, know. I've been getting Ted. the names all mixed it's up. It's Ted. Why yeah, do I yeah. keep saying Ted? I keep getting the names Sorry, all mixed up. Yeah. Ted. So anyway, we hear from uh, Ted's mom. Uh, we hear from Ted one last time. Oh Get it out goodness. there. <laughs> That's funny. The wounds are still fresh. I don't know that they'll heal, to be honest with you. I really don't. It's been 10 years, and they're still there. So. Maybe another 10. So I really, really like uh, Ted. He seems like a good guy. Their oldest child has special needs. And um, the two younger kids were away with the parents, the grandparents that weekend when all this happened. But we dug up some shit about her and you found her. I found it. Well, uh, 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 let's go over this one first. This is easy. Michael served his four years. Mm -hmm. So this was when, what 1995 you, is when he was convicted. 1995. So by 2000, he was out of jail. Yeah, and well blah, out. blah, 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 blah. And the only thing I can find on him is that he's dead. Oh, okay. And I don't even have a, I bet you it was lung cancer. Well, his life was horrible. I don't. E I can't even find a day of death. And and this is what I have. As for Michael, he is once he's since died with no concrete records about how, where he was prior to that or what he did. Oh no, that is actually that is an actual. Yeah. And then there was a mention that I heard somewhere that he was married. Oh, that he was Michael Frazier. That Michael Frazier was married when he was playing the piano in when that he was one playing, scene. The yeah. organ. He had a he had a wedding ring on. Yeah, I know. That's what so. I'm saying. So I could not. Not that I want to. You know, 
but it's very interesting to me that that was there was there's I could not she find totally it in it. my she research totally in my it. research. Now the and the best part here's the best part. Oh, uh, Lisa, <laughs> she's mm. she's remarried and her name is now Weatherly. Her yes. last name is Weatherly, and he they're in insurance. Yeah, and they live in North Carolina. North Carolina. She's got that dreadful uh, the the website for the insurance Lives company where she works. She's done a little like video about what she's about. Hi, my name's Lisa Weatherly. I'm the agency manager for the North Carolina Association of Insurance Agents. I've been in the insurance industry since 1982, and I've been employed by NCAIA since November of 2000. Here are a few fun facts about me. My husband and I compete in triathlons. When not training for a race, we love hiking, kayaking, golfing, most anything that's outdoors. My husband and I have a rescue farm that consists of cows and horses and llamas, to name a few. We also grow our own vegetables. I'm very fortunate to be working for such a wonderful organization, and I'm always happy to help the state with their insurance needs. We like to do we, we marathons like, we like outside, to do marath- ride our bikes. And then when we're not training, we run a rescue uh, farm for, for animals. animals. We grow our own vegetables, and we just love life. Oh, and, my God. And so she's just wiped that family in Tennessee out of her mind. She doesn't yeah. talk to the kids. She, she doesn't. Yeah. She clearly doesn't talk to uh, Ted anymore. And you pulled up her Facebook page. She saw the Facebook page and everything. And what was the what was the and one people are thing talking that I shit about her? They're like, you yeah. know, she tried to kill her husband. Yeah. And they're like, one's like, I think I saw her on Snap. And how can you not? How can you not? Uh, I mean, I'm not trying. I guess you know, you pay your crime, you do your time. Blah uh, blah blah. She got, blah, off. Blah. She got away but, with murder, almost murder. Yeah. So on her Lisa Weatherly uh, uh, Facebook page, uh, it says, "Here is Lisa." Wedby's Facebook. Remember, she and Lover tried to kill her husband, but he fought back. She moved on, doesn't talk to her kids, including disabled daughter. She spent one year in jail, remarried, loves life, and how how wonderful, right? Yeah. That is hilarious. Oh, she's in, she, again, she's in the same... She's working in insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm like, can't... I, I don't... <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I don't... This is in a weird way. This has me thinking of like the cancel culture kind of a thing. You you, you expect someone to move on from something and be, continue to to work and pay for their own lives and all that kind of stuff. But the the jumbo coconut balls. Yeah. Of this woman she's to be making person. videos like I'm a nice guy. Uh, I do that. Oh person. my god! It is it is beyond comical. It is the comical where the whole time I was watching it, I was like. Oh, this is hilarious. But she just reminds me of so many of these people like this. They've got that. They're, they're she's just a narcissistic. Yeah. And she's a psychopath. Oh, she's and a psychopath. she worries about one person, and that's Lisa. So, anyway, they, they it all fell apart. We got some good sound bites on this Oof. one. We got to see a little of Knoxville. I would go to Knoxville, especially if I was on my way to Pigeon Forge. Oh, I do want to go to Pigeon Forge. I know. Hi, yeah. Dolly. Hi, Dolly. <laughs> Do- Hi, Dolly. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, that's the story. Unbelievable. Um, this, this one was actually like. One, like I said, nobody got actually murdered. Yeah. Nobody actually got murdered. Two, the the way the victim and the friends and the family of the victim are telling the story <laughs> is hilarious. It's like, really funny. Frazier? And because all of them were just like, this ding-dong tried to kill you? It's yeah. really very, And it sounds like he amusing. doesn't even, you know, he had the knife and he was like, he did, when he was fighting with a Ted, it sounds like it, there wasn't really much of a struggle. Well, 
Because the one guy was like, he's like, he's not much of a physical specimen. Yeah, they call him all. They say really nasty. Shit about not, poor they're guy. mean. Yeah, poor guy. He was used. Anyway, oh, though, anyway. thanks him for that. Yeah, so, so yeah, look at look it up. It's quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know. There you go. Uh, do your thing. Okay. <laughs>